Hello. Go. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad. Uh, welcome to the podcast, everyone. This is About the Other Day. My name is Drew. Uh, my name is Megan. Mm, your name is Megan. Um, we're kind of in a series of talks about hell. Uh, it started with a conversation that we entitled Hell Now. Hell Now. Yeah. Um, and it has kind of gone, you know, and I think that conversation was a lot more serious than it probably even sounds from the title. <laughs> bugs in your office. Huh? You brought them. They weren't here until you got here. That might be true. <laughs> I've been working in the yard. Yeah, you're the yard worker. No, that's not for me. That's just one little gnat. I see it. Um, But yeah, so if you're just now jumping in, and this is a... A pretty cool conversation I think any even without those other ones but I also would say like it's it's useful to have heard the others and we'll even be referencing one of them um, at, at one point pretty early on here to just sort of say like well we're not going to talk about that because we already did um, yeah but I'll uh, throw it back there what number it gets are we on there. today of our list of things oh this is um, we have a list of six questions for hell um, we originally, I mean, the first podcast episode was literally us saying, here are the six reasons, in essence, that we don't really believe in the hell that we used to believe in, the God-torturing people in a volcano mm -hmm. hell, like, for all of eternity, um, consciously keeping people awake just to torture them. Um, we stopped believing in that. Uh, some people are kind of like, wait, you used to believe in that? Like, well, I mean, yeah, for most of our lives. Yeah. And I think there's probably a lot more people who continue to believe in that than we might expect. Mm. Um, so we're kind of having that conversation for that reason. We started out by saying, here's the six like kind of starter reasons, the main reasons we don't believe in that anymore. We shifted them because we felt like that was a little unfair um, to say, here's why you shouldn't. Um, and we've kind of shifted more in the direction of like, here's questions I think you should have. If you hold on to a, a hell belief like that or, right. or parts of it, here's some things I think that it's only reasonable of you to ask. Um, if you're calling that a Christian worldview, if you're calling that a Jesus um, paradigm or belief, um, then I think you should you should be forced to ask a couple of questions, mm -hmm. and uh, and so we have six. This is number four. Four. So okay. we covered two, I think, in the first week. One last week. Mm -hmm. This is number four. I really think you brought that Nat in here because he has no interest really in me. Bugging me. <laughs> really, what? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even mean to do that. Had you been waiting on that the no, whole time I, I was talking? You were like, "Ooh, I got a joke when it's when he throws to me. I got one ready." Oh, yeah. sadly, I didn't even think about it. All right. Well, you have anything you want to talk about before? Um, I just have to take this moment. Yes, I do, and. I think you need to acknowledge my my workmanship in our yard. <laughs> I, I really thought for a second. I was like, if Megan's going to talk about anything right now, it's probably going to be our grass. It is. <laughs> I have worked. This will be three years in May that we've been in this house. Yeah. Which is the longest we have ever lived. Not just like in a state, but like in a house. Or apartment. Uh, in any place. In yeah. any place. Well, the, yeah, our record before you, was... You said that like it was amazing. It was like, pff, we... <laughs> 
the first thing is... It is amazing. Well, the first thing is more amazing than the second. What? You said... We're not, I'm not just talking about like staying in a state. I'm talking about staying in a house. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> like, well, you got to stay in the state to stay in the house. No, you don't. We moved you can in Georgia. This. We lived. Yeah, you're saying the opposite of what you, I understand what you're thinking, but you're saying the opposite. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is the Whatever. longest we've lived anywhere. Yeah. We've lived in this house longer than we lived in any states. That's what you were trying yeah, to say. Right. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Sure. I don't know. I still don't get it. What I'm saying is the longest before this house it was like 18 months, I think. Yeah. And that was a record by six months. Yeah. We had never been anywhere more than a year in our, um, what, 10 years? So anyways, yeah, true. this is marks three years in this house. It all slows down once you have kids. I mean, to be fair, like we didn't have kids. And we, well, we just I mean, Addie of, was what five when we moved here? Yeah, five. Anyways, yeah, we, we just covered a whole lot of ground. We covered a whole then. lot of ground before that. Yeah, three years ago, we had not one speck of grass in our yard. We actually had rocks and mulch, and um, I don't know what else bushes and shrubs and trees like it was just mayhem. Yeah. And this week, I've been watering my grass. <laughs> yeah. There's <laughs> actually like exciting. a lot of grass. It's growing straight up yeah. through what what little like rocks and things are left. It's just growing around them. Yeah. We were it's told the other day, um, our friend Melinda, who does a lot of, maybe listening to this right now, text us if you just heard your name. Um, but uh, <clears throat> she, Megan, she's not going to text right now. Oh. This is being recorded oh, yeah, yeah, and put yeah. out there later. Megan's like looking at her phone. No, like, I was she gonna text? I was. I was. <laughs> I'm just. I was kidding. making sure you're gonna say something that's true. Yeah. Well, I was just saying she's a landscaper, and she had told us she's like, yeah, you, you probably can't get rid of every last little rock, which was something that we were kind of trying to do. Yeah. She said grass will grow up around it, and then around once you start walking ones. in it, you'll push the rocks down. And the well, grass I will added grow that up. part that we would push the rocks down. Oh. Okay. But she did say. That It'll grow around it. The rock, yeah, the grass would go around those little rocks. Yeah. And then it was my thought that, yeah, that makes sense. Because then when you start walking on your grass, you're just going to put, you know, pack it all down. Yeah. I'm super proud, Megan. Thank you. This, uh, this makes me, yeah. Don't let anybody come by and look at our beautiful green lawn, though. It's not, I don't want you to get the wrong idea. <laughs> it's not, well, only if you had seen it before. Because I think anybody who has a really, really strong understanding of what we inherited here, what we purchased, mm -hmm. um, will have an appreciation. Yeah. Um, other people might be like, oh, yeah, great wow, job. you got some work to do, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But hey, isn't that the story of yeah. faith and life and all things? I don't you know, know? Is it? when people look at you and they're like, really, this is you at your best. You're like, yeah, you didn't know me five years ago. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. That's all I have. All right. Well, let's get into it today. I think today's uh, today's conversation after you and I, we talked through it a little bit before we hopped on here and I think cleared up because for me before it felt very kind of all over the place. Mm -hmm. um, it was like it was four, three or four different messages different conversations all in one now it's more like two there's kind of a, a conversation on this first page that's sort of up front like hey let's let's do some housekeeping on this on this hell conversation oh, yeah, that yeah. we haven't done yet let's yep. let's talk about a couple of things 
um, that we just need to be really honest about. Okay. Um, and then this, and then we'll get into the actual question. Okay. Um, for today. Also, I just need to make a disclaimer. If my words are slurry a little bit today, Mac was up at like 4 a.m. Yeah. And didn't go back to sleep. So I'm feeling that a bit. Yeah. Everybody in this house, I think, so, is likely going to finish s- this podcast and then crash for a bit. Yep. But just as my disclaimer. Yeah. All right. The other. You would never slur your words otherwise. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, yeah, never mind. Um, The other day we were driving back from Chattanooga where we had gone to meet our first ever niece. Oh man, she's so good, isn't she? She's really good. Yeah. I didn't even know that she was going to be. I know. I I was just kind of like, you know, I, your brother and sister, sister sister-in-law, my brother and Mm sister-in-law, they're like... We've not ever really lived very close to them, right? And they're great friends. Every time we're ever around them, it's so much fun. But then, you know, like them having a baby was just kind of for me. I just feel like as far removed from it as I can be and still call it a niece. Is yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. It's the the daughter of the woman who married the brother of the woman that I married. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, um, but when I first saw saw the first couple of pictures and then just being i was like oh yeah 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 it's a niece it's a little sweet tiny little yeah baby that we get that, to grow sh- not grow up like with but well like, as much as i think about how our kids think about your brothers right like we are so excited to see them yeah. and yeah because i do crazy stuff with them and yeah teach them crazy things and they'll get to like, have cousins to be excited about going to see yeah. too that's super exciting um yeah. So, anyways, she's Driving super back. tiny, super cute. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, we're real happy about her. Um, so driving back from visiting them, we passed a semi truck that had a huge sticker. Oh, had huge stickers um, on the back, quoting various scriptures about God's love. I think I took a picture. I of, wanted to see because I couldn't remember what the one on the back actually. It was said. really good. It was like a the one on the back picture said, of a man pointing. It was too. A, yeah, it was a picture of a man pointing, like an angry man pointing, saying, "Did you pray today?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. So it had a bunch of stickers on it. And then also quoted the, like, took way out of context the Isaiah, which has been done a lot. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Like, oh. <laughs> I always picture Jesus just hiding somewhere hiding, around a corner. Yeah. <laughs> you have to find him. Um, and then printed permanently across both sides of the truck were these words Jesus is the way to heaven, all other roads lead to hell. You remember this yeah, truck? Yeah, I remember it. Yeah. Yeah. It was like the whole trailer. It was the, the entire thing. Yeah. yeah. Like usually there's a picture of a hot dog there right. or like, I don't know, some other, some advertisement yeah. or Kroger or whatever. Yeah. This one says, Jesus is the way to heaven. All other roads lead to hell. Now, I don't know what they're transporting. Like, I guess maybe this truck, I assume this truck is like taking loads of people to hell. Normally you put on the side of your truck, like what's inside the truck. This is a. Or maybe uh, he's taking them to heaven. I don't know. You think the ride know. to heaven is in I the guess back you of an eighteen-wheeler? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh. it said Jesus is the way to heaven. All of the roads lead to hell, and it caught my attention. You know, did it? Right. Did it catch yours? Yeah. I mean, did you notice? Like, I, I just saw it, and it and it hit me harder because, you know, I used to see stuff like this, and I would think like, 
okay, I'm not sure that's super helpful. Even if I agree with you, and I would have, you know, at right. some point in my life I agreed, I would still say like, yeah, but I, that's not yeah. a very nice way of saying it. Or, and also, well, at least he's doing something, doing his part. Yeah, some people may <laughs> yeah. just be like, well, he's just doing what he can. Yeah. Um, but now I, I've grown in my faith. I've grown in my understanding of the scriptures. I've grown in my own theology of heaven and hell and and, and God and all of this. My beliefs have evolved. And, and I can see the truck for what it really says now. Mm-hmm. And what it really says is not Jesus is the way to heaven, all, all roads lead to hell. I mean, that is what it says. But in essence, what's being communicated here is if you disagree with the driver of this truck, well, buddy, you can go to hell. Mm. That's really what the truck says. Yeah. And I can kind of now see that this is what the conversation of hell has always been about. Mm-hmm. It's always been about that. Right. You disagree with us on that. You, well, you can go to you, hell. You're right. Um, and that, I don't know, that sort of frames it. It's the, it's the pre-sermon sermon for this week's message. If you, yeah. You have any thoughts before? No, I mean, I think that's completely true for, for me. It's just, it was always, if you don't agree with this, then better, no, not next time, not better luck next time because you don't get it next time. But, but yeah. Yeah. Watch out. Anyways, all right. Um, you're you're trying to avoid saying it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is. It, I'm not afraid to say it. It's it's saying you don't believe this, go to hell. That's. <laughs> oh yeah, I wouldn't say it like that. But yeah. No, I know you wouldn't. You should. <laughs> no, I shouldn't. I don't have to. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're gonna have to put explicit content me. on this episode. <laughs> all right. Um. This, this oh, this is why anytime Christian leaders, theologians, or even just members of church, of the church raise questions about hell, they are immediately dismissed as heretics or God doubters or Bible deniers. I've heard phrases like, if you're going to tell people that God loves them and will keep on loving them no matter what they believe about God, then you better be right. Def- yeah, definitely heard that. That checks out for you. I, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've, I think I've said that to you before. Yeah. Yeah. Early on in, mm-hmm. in our conversations about this, you would say, well, if you're going to say stuff like that, it's just, well, actually, I, I can remember you saying, and really everybody, and I, I thought the same thing at one point whenever I, w- I would hear people from the outside of of believing about volcano hell. I would think like, I don't know, I'd rather believe it all my life and find out I was wrong mm-hmm. than not believe it. Right. And find out I was wrong. Right. Um. It's the, well, because we were given, it was is that like Pascal's wager. Is that what that is? It's a I don't philo- know. There's a philosophy term for that. Like the the um, the risk is that the right? Like it. Yeah, the risk of believing it, that all your life, right, is not is as high not as, as the high. risk of being wrong, right. Um, I now disagree. Not only do I, not only do I find a lot of problems with even believing that. I was like, well, there's just not much evidence for that. There's there's so many problems with that. One mm-hmm. of the one today, you know, I know we've, we've said this a couple of times, like the one last week about the age of accountability mm-hmm. is the one that kind of just flipped the whole thing on our head on right. its head for us. And we were just like, I guess we don't even believe what we really thought we believed because right. we don't believe that. Yeah. We don't believe God sentenced babies to hell. Yeah. Um, so we need a new construct. This one today is the one where I'm starting to say like, well, a lot of what what most Christians believe about hell, mm-hmm. what the, the large is to me, 
makes it very problematic for you to call yourself a Christian. I think because being a Christian is believing what Christ taught, believing what Jesus right. believed about himself, his own life, the way um, of go- mm-hmm. who go- what God is like, yeah. and what his death and resurrection mean. And believing those things, I think believing what most Christians believe about hell, what most American evangelicals believe about hell, does not fit very well with what Jesus taught and believed. Mm. Um, yeah. And we'll get into that. In, in a bit but that's kind of what I'm getting at here that you know I used to hear phrases like if you're going to tell people that um, then you better be right right but yeah. I never heard anybody in the sort of defending hell camp willing to consider the alternative which is if you're going to tell people that God will torture them and everyone they know for all of eternity unless they live a life that fits your definition of Christian then you better be right <laughs> yeah uh, because you might traumatize people and cost them their entire life being worried and scared of what will happen after they die and, and no matter how much you say, well, they wouldn't have to be afraid if they believe what I believe, most people who continue to believe that version of the story are still deeply traumatized and negatively affected. Can you speak I, to that at all personally? I, yes, I would agree. I would agree with that statement. Like, in, But I, I guess I have a question. Yeah. Like a more of a devil's advocate kind of question. Like on that not being on that the devil needs an advocate not being on that side okay well maybe not being the devil's advocate i don't know my question would be or is is that really are they balanced like okay so you've got you better be right defending the hell camp yeah um because your eternity your eternal soul could spend right it's time in hell burning right. forever versus you'll have a traumatic experience and be worried for your life here on earth. I mean, are they really fair? I like I can't answer that without unearthing a lot of other things that I don't think is, this is probably the right place in time to, to unearth them. Okay. Um, Cause to me, that say, argument doesn't hold up for me. Like okay. I would just say like, yeah, okay, whatever. Okay. Well, what I will say then is if you have to believe in hell in order to avoid hell and that's the that's the position my only real concern i mean my my theological sort of pastoral concern there is well wait a second is following jesus even about following jesus anymore or is it about avoiding hell because if someone can't say, I'm not really sure what I believe about hell because it's pretty gray mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned. And like, you know what we're going to talk about next week, like Gehenna, this this idea that every time you see hell in your Bible, it doesn't mean what you think it means every time. Like there, that word didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And I spoke to a rabbi friend not long ago about this um, a, a incredible theologian and just understands the scriptures really well. And he's like, there's really no first century Jewish people who had a concept of eternal conscious torment in hell. Like when they said Gehenna and it gets translated hell and I yeah. would just challenge anybody like pick up your Bible right now go find the, the yeah. scripture you're thinking I've of. I've done that. Anytime it's, Jesus yeah. says hell and you'll see a little star beside it and down mm-hmm. it will say Gehenna. Mm-hmm. And you do a little research on Gehenna and it turns out Gehenna is the bad part of town. Right. It's a liter- It's a capital G. It's literally a place. It's like you know it's like Wisconsin. Yeah. Only, but every time we read hell, we 
automatically go to the we volcano. Think, we think volcano thing. And Jesus, when he says, um, you know, these types of actions should be thrown into Gehenna, mm-hmm. he's literally saying it's like they belong in the in the slums. They belong mm-hmm. where we send our trash. Mm-hmm. Like you, it's you a should, trash dump, isn't it's it? It's a trash dump, yeah. basically. I mean, there's Kinda. a lot more to it than that. It's also a place where um, some some ugly ritualistic sacrificing and stuff oh, yeah, happened yeah. in the okay. Old Testament. The um, the Valley of the Sons of Hinnom, mm. um, Gehenna, the Valley of the Sons of Hinnom, is kind of you know it was associated with. Just activity that everybody around would have been like, oh, yeah, well, we don't want anything to do with that. Yeah. Um, and I would just, but the thing is, everybody who hears that, who's just like, well, yeah, sounds like somewhere I don't want to be. It's like, yeah, but you're missing the point. You don't get to say that Gehenna means that because it sounds like something you don't want to do. Right, right. You can't, you don't get to say, well, it sounds like eternal conscious torment to me. It's like, no, it's just not what he said. Mm-hmm. It's just not it. So. Uh, to get back to the question you were asking, like, is this really a fair comparison? My my only, no. I mean, eternity in the balance versus, um, you know, a traumatized life. I would just say, I mean, because technically I've lived a traumatized life if you're going to go according would, to that. And I would say it hasn't yeah, been that bad. I would say a. This kind of trauma. The question I'm is, is saying. a traumatized life a Christian life? The question is, is this whole, like, you have to believe hell, does it actually lead to the abundant, rich, satisfying, fulfilling life right. that Jesus promises? Does it actually put its faith in the promises of God? Does it actually say that Jesus is who he says he is? Does it actually even, I mean, can you believe in a God who murders and tortures enemies and a God who teaches you to love yours? Can you can you believe in a mm-hmm. God who teaches you to forgive, although he really kind of doesn't? Right. I mean, or at least he stops eventually. He draws a line somewhere. Can you believe in a God? Can you can you reconcile a God who says, love your enemies, bless those who persecute you, although he doesn't? Mm-hmm. That that stuff is the stuff that I'm, you know. So as far mm-hmm. as you're concerned, you're still leaning on, it is Pascal's wager that basically says, like, um, well, I'd rather stake my whole life on the possibility of, you know, maybe the hell thing is true. Mm-hmm. And I'd rather stake my life than to not. You're you're choosing to sort of say here, or at least as a, your devil's advocate position, is right, to say, right. well, I you know I guess I would kind of I'd I'd stake that. You were trained to. Yeah. I was trained to. We were basically told like your life here is a blink of an eye. Yeah. And then it's over. And then the well, real I guess that would begins. be why I haven't like. I mean, there are other reasons too, but this is probably the main reason why I would still say that, yeah, of, of course I believe in a hell. Yeah. Well, I I do too. I, right. But I believe in hell very differently. I just believe it, it needs to satisfy some parameters that the version I was given does not satisfy. Yeah. No, if, I would, if hell I is not redemptive, that. then it's not like God. It, it basically says God is, after you die, God's not a redeemer anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's this not loving just... or it's God's not a forgiver anymore god doesn't love his enemies Mm -hmm. god doesn't bless those who persecute him he just teaches you to i think this is fine it's fine there's nothing wrong with it i just for me this is an opinion yeah and and you're still traumatized sure (laughs) if you want to say that i'm just well yeah yeah, but i'm saying you're still saying the issue that you take with and it's perfectly fine i'm not even saying that as a as an 
because I am too sometimes. I, I think the same thing sometimes. I think it less and less as the years go on. Um, but I can remember thinking that, like, you know what? I think I'd rather be wrong for my whole life, um, but just sort of, you know, keep one yeah. foot in the water of that just right. in case. Oh, definitely. The, the I only would thing say I would I'm still say, in though, that camp. Yeah. The thing, the thing that's problematic, even just from a scriptural standpoint, believing in hell does not even result in your salvation according to any of the apostles or Jesus himself. Mm, it's true. That's not what does it. Right. And so yeah, Jesus... You talk about that later, don't Jesus you? is the way to heaven and, like and all of the roads lead to hell is not the gospel. Right. So you can believe all you want. You'll go to hell if you're not a Christian. Um, that's it's not so what makes you a Christian. Yeah. That is not what... That's not how Jesus defines being a Christian. That's not how any apostles define being a Christian. Mm-hmm. And you might just be wrong. Yeah. Even if you're right, and so why would you want to live wagering, your life? Uh, you're in wagering a way on that, something that isn't even yeah. what's to that's be true. wagered. You're on. Very, that's very Salvation true. does not result in believing in hell. Okay, you might have just persuaded me. I hope so. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, Can I just become untraumatized? The goal like, is. I think you just did. Okay. The goal is not really to persuade, but the goal is to at least call. Is to question hell. It's to say, like, well, wait a second. You kick people out of the Christian community because they say, I don't think I believe that in hell anymore. So is your salvation from believing in hell? Yeah. So it sounds like. And people do get kicked out of the Christian community for ceasing to believe in the same construct of hell. Oh, yeah. As everybody else. And I'm what I'm saying here today is like, I think believing in that construct of hell might actually make you less of a Christian mm. uh, for a couple of reasons. And one we've already addressed and others we'll get to. Yeah. All right. Good talk. Good talk. Yeah. Um, As a final note, you see that um, right before the highlighted portion. No. Oh, yeah. Um, that, that's it kind of goes. Should a we bit still read direction. all of this? Yeah, or? I think so. OK. Um, as a final note on this, before we jump into today's question for hell, I would also add that using hell as a threat to convert people to faith in Jesus for salvation is an incredibly problematic sales tactic. You OK with me calling it a sales tactic? Um, yeah. OK. Yes. So. Um, you won't help to separate the righteous from the unrighteous. You'll, all you'll really do is separate those who believe what you're saying from those who don't. Yeah. Um, you won't create a Christian Christianity that is obsessed with bringing heaven to earth. You'll create a Christianity that is obsessed with convincing everyone that they're right and everyone else is wrong. You'll create a mob of, okay. You'll create a mob of people who believe in hell. Mm hmm instead of a commonwealth of disciples of Jesus. And okay. this is this is what we're saying. Right. Um, right. So one of the greatest concerns that people often have of entering into this conversation is if you take the hell threat away, then people will just do whatever they want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've and it simply isn't true. No. Right? People no, already do whatever people they want. People already do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people use hell as a reason to be bigoted or racist or, you know, yeah. mean to LGBTQ people or, like, they use hell as justification for that. Mm-hmm. So you might actually find that it just doesn't work. That one just doesn't. There's plenty that of people who don't believe silly. in hell who yeah. are kind and good mm-hmm. and Christ-like. Mm-hmm. And there are plenty of people who believe in hell who uh, act like demons. Yeah. That's that's all there is to it. Yeah. There's plenty of people with billboards that say, if you disagree with me, well, buddy, you can go to hell. Like, that's that's totally alive within the camp. That's not Christ-like. So believing in hell equaling Christ-likeness is just a something i'm not really willing to yeah i agree to give to um the only thing we lose by losing the hell threat is 
uh, is the mob of people who call themselves Christians um, because they don't want to go to hell who act like Christ, who, who don't act like Christ at all. Does that make, yeah. make sense? So basically the only thing that you might lose is you might have a whole bunch of people who call themselves Christians right now but don't act like Christ saying, well, if I don't even have to act like this to be to go oh, ahead, yeah, like, yeah. well, okay, gotcha. yeah, that might actually be good. Right. right. <laughs> that might be a good thing. That might be why you see people flying Christian flags at Capitol riots whenever they're raiding in right. to kill police officers and hang uh, the vice president and all of those different things. And you're like, what does that have to do with Jesus? It's like, well, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of Christianity doesn't have anything to do with Jesus. Yeah. It has to do with hell avoidance. Mm. That's, and that's yeah. dangerous. Yeah. All right. But that's kind of a, an aside that was all meant to be, you know, that might just be in the podcast. I don't know if it'll even make it to the sermon. Um, but I wanted to have the conversation. Okay. Yeah. And here's the sermon. Yeah. Uh, today's installment of our series of talks, questions for hell. Question number four. Yeah, number four. Is hell cruel and unusual? Another way of asking this question is to consider, does my conception of hell actually carry out justice? The Bible makes a big deal of calling God just, and many good people who stand on the side of defending the construct of an eternal conscious torment version of hell will say, God doesn't want to burn people, but he has to because he is a God of justice. Right. Too many people, a lot of people are concerned God is justice and mercy. Mm-hmm. And they would say to a lot of people who who change their views on hell, like, well, you want God to be all about mercy without any justice. And God has to be a God of justice. Mm. Um, and I agree with them 100%. The question is not whether a God, God is a God of justice. The question is... Um, does your construction of hell actually look like justice at all? Is it truly gotcha. justice? Yeah. yeah. And I got a, a quote from Psalm eleven seventeen: The Lord is righteous. He loves justice. The upright will see his face. Um, but for justice to truly be carried out, I just want to say, like, this is the cruel and unusual question. Mm-hmm. The punishment needs to fit the crime. Mm. Um, also, for the nature of God to be fully intact, which is what we talked about in episode 13, I think, Hell Gnaw. Mm-hmm. In that conversation, we said, also, if it's going to you know, reflect God's character, the punishment needs to redeem. Right. It also needs to be it about making be people about, better. Yeah. Um, and, and if it's eternal conscious torment forever, something. it doesn't redeem, it doesn't correct anything. Yeah. It just It's just vindictive. Right. Um, it's not... Anyways, so the most common... Okay. The most common retort to this way of thinking about justice is that our human brains just can't fathom how incredibly harmful our sin is. Um, Of course, God's judgments and consequences and punishments are just. In an infinite infinite hell may seem like an extreme measure to take against humans for a finite life of sin, no matter how short the life or how bad the sinning. But it only seems extreme to us because we have no idea how bad our sin actually is. So all that sound familiar? That's the devil's advocate paragraph. It's basically that's the retort is to say it is justice. Mm -hmm. You just don't know how bad your sin is. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't seem like justice to you to to torment someone eternally, consciously, um, it's just because you You don't don't know know. how bad. Yeah. You don't know what you deserve. Yeah, I've heard that a lot. Like how... God really, really is bad at making people. Um, and no, that's not what I was going to say. No, I was oh. just finishing my... Well, just how bad we are. Yeah. Yeah. Like... Right. God's bad at making us. No, Drew. That's not <laughs> what I would say. <laughs> Who made you? I would say that... I, that's not what I was going to say. Go ahead. That's not what I've heard. 
Well, say what you've heard because I want to hear you. Well, I just think it's just that's how I... I don't know. It's just how I remember hearing like why I wanted to get saved at a young age, I guess, like because I was so bad. Yeah. And why we would weep in altars. Yeah. Yeah. And that that that's that hell is what it took to be justified if you didn't accept jesus yeah we're not justified but i guess because no. we're saying that like it doesn't justify it doesn't you it justif- tortures you right if you're justified by hell then eventually you'd get to leave right right exactly <laughs> That's what justification yeah. would do. um i don't know i just felt like it was yeah it's just such a because it it, it it then becomes a hell is a way of saving you well like we said yeah which you're kind of jumping ahead a little bit but oh. rightfully so. Well, I was just You're thinking jumping about to some conclusions that, um, that are maybe just a little bit early. Okay. But definitely good, a good direction that we'll get to in just a second. All right. Um, do you want me to keep going? Yeah. So I hit a wall with that line. You, you just gave the retort. You just gave the devil's advocate. You just read the devil's advocate yeah. part where it's kind of like, well, you know, hell is justice. Mm-hmm. The, those who would say hell is justice. And if you don't think it is, it's just because you don't know how bad you are. Right. So I would say to that, I hit a wall. With that line of thinking, thinking because it is only the way we think because it it is the way we think. (laughs) Right. It's Um, circular reasoning. Yeah. It's like we just created that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We're using the ends to justify the means. We're starting with a construction of hell an endless torturous volcano where people go when they're not Christians. And then we're working our way backwards to make that version of hell seem like justice. Um, We really have no reason for doing this. If a young man steals a banana and is sentenced to death, we call that cruel and unusual punishment. But when God sentences most of humanity to eternal conscious torment in hell for the sins of their few short years on the planet, we don't even pause for a moment to ask, wait, what? Oh, you butchered that last line. Wait, what? Yeah. Sorry. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's the cruel and unusual question for me. You want to talk about justice, I would say justice is about making things right. Right? Justice mm-hmm. is about the punishment fits the crime. Um, that's just basic justice. If it's God's justice, the punishment also needs to correct the crime. That's what redeeming is about. Mm -hmm. So if there is punishment for sin, which I absolutely believe there is, I believe there's a hell. I believe people are living in hell on this planet right now. I also believe that there may be some version of hell that happens after we die Mm -hmm. that serves a redemptive purpose where if you choose to not be the way of Christ, well, then you can't go into heaven like that. You'll ruin it. Um, But it has to, in order for it to be God's justice then it needs to serve out some kind of redemptive purpose and it needs to fit the crime. Mm. Um, And so I think we need to at least apply a little bit of our human logic, the brains that God gave us to say, if a child steals a banana and is sentenced to death in some third world country somewhere, we say, well, that's cruel and unusual punishment. Mm -hmm. But we won't hold God to the same standard to say that if that child steals 
and is murdered for it, that God will continue torturing him for the rest of his life for stealing that banana. Because he committed we that won't, sin. Because he yeah. died a sinner. Um, we won't apply the same level, but that's just one part of the justice conversation. It's not even the mo- more important Which he had part. to, of course, be above the age of accountability, too. Well, he was in this, yeah. in this right. situation. Right. Because otherwise, Bible, everything else wouldn't even matter. Although the Bible does not even <laughs> give him an out for that. If he steals a banana at the age of four, that's a sin. If he's sentenced Still to death. Still a sin? Oh, yeah. There's no age of accountability. Where were you last week? Hell isn't fair. <laughs> God don't have to be fair. I just didn't think you, I thought you could do whatever you wanted. When you're four? Yeah. Yeah. Get away with it. So if you got any murdering to do, do it before you reach the age of accountability, I guess. That's that's my advice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but there's another part of the conversation that can't be avoided. Uh, the Bible often uses the word justice to describe whatever actions are necessary to keep things in balance. I think Christians sort of talk about hell the same way. We talk about hell as the great balancer of the sins of the world. Correct? Right. All right. Well, then let's talk about why that's a problem. <laughs> Last paragraph. On that page. Um. Now, what you should perhaps be thinking after hearing that hell is the great balancer of the sins of the world is, wait, don't Christians believe that Jesus's sacrificial death on the cross was the great balance? Oh, was the great balancer for the sins of the world? Is that what you think? Um. Yeah. It Are you is here now? Are you crashing out already? <laughs> No, I'm good. Um, that's that's not what I don't think. That's what I used to think all of the time. Yeah. I think I kind of went in and out of these sorts of things. Like it wasn't Maybe. like. Well, you you understand the the basic concept that I'm talking about here, like yeah, that we're saying we 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 have to talk about justice when it comes to hell mm-hmm. because. Most of the Christian conception of hell is about justice. Hell has to exist right. to balance the scales. Hell has to exist to just to to justify, right? To right. to make the world right again for the sins. You have right. to have hell have to, have to take some... care of the sins of the world. Right. But that should be triggering to Christians. We should hear a phrase like like hell oh, exists yeah, yeah, yeah. to take care of the sins of the world, we should hear that and say, "No, wait, what? Then what to take does, care of the sins of the world? What does Jesus do? <laughs> yes, right. Yeah. Or what did Jesus do on the cross? Yeah. What was that? What was that all about? Right. Right. Do you want me to cover this scriptural um, section? Sure. Um. So let's let's look at a couple of uh, things in the New Testament. Paul writes in four in Romans four twenty five. Jesus, who was delivered over because of our wrongdoings, because of our sins, and was raised because of our justification. Paul basically is saying Jesus was delivered to the cross for our sins and raised to to life again to prove that we have been justified by his death and resurrection. Yeah. That's what he's, that's what Paul believes. Revelation 1:18, John records Jesus himself appearing to him in a, in a dream and saying, "I am the living one. I was dead, but now look, I am alive forever and ever and I hold the keys to death and hell." Hmm. Consider Jesus's own words, his own understanding of the type of justification work that he was doing when he was on the cross. What did Jesus think he was doing when he was on the cross? He looks out at a crowd of people and says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they are doing. That's Luke twenty-three thirty-four. 
His final words on the matter, as far as I'm concerned, are recorded in John 19.30. It is finished. It's over. The justification work, as far as the New Testament is concerned, that's what Jesus did. He justified. Yeah. He paid the sins. He paid the price for sins. And if we create hell to do that, we have really, really big problems calling ourselves Christians anymore. We've made hell into a God, into the great justifier. Yeah. For most people. Right. Um, all right. And then there's perhaps. Yeah, no... I just think. Can I say real yeah. quick? Even after hearing these verses, like I used. I, I just think it's interesting that we I would read these verses and still hear like that, you know, God holds the holds the keys to death and hell. So watch out because he's going to send you there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I used to read it in a way that was like not him saving us from hell, but in a way of him like dangling it in front of us. Like if you don't do right, right, this, this and this, then you're going to be spending eternity in hell And it's, instead of it being a redemptive act that he is doing. Yeah. The act of justification, the act of redemption. And if hell also does that for you, then you have some problems. Yeah. If hell is also exists in your mind as the price and penalty for sins, then what did Jesus do on the cross? Yeah. What is right. that? And I know, I, I know that the, the, the party line here is, well, he did die for whosoever believes. Yeah. 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 Um, it's just a very complicated kind of thing to consider that, you know, everything else we've talked about in this conversation so far, and also to consider Matthew 25, where Jesus himself says, actually, there's a lot of people who, won't, who don't even know my name, who I'm going to call justified and right and righteous, mm. right? When you read the, the story where he says, um, you know, you saw me hungry and you fed me, you saw me thirsty and you gave me water. You, and Jesus basically says, you're all going to be surprised, who, who I led into heaven. You're all going to be surprised with what heaven actually looks like. And there's yeah. going to be tons of people who believed in hell um, who are going mm -hmm. to be surprised to discover that's not what that's, I was looking for. This yeah. is why the Sermon yeah, on the yeah. Mount is so ex important. This is why really the Gospel of Matthew is so important because the Gospel of Matthew has so many of the teachings of Jesus, like more than, than the other Gospels. Mm -hmm. It's why you have to look at that and say, no, to be a Christian is to believe the way that Christ taught. Not to believe in hell. Yeah. yeah. If you arrive at believing in hell, that's totally fine, but that doesn't make you a Christian. Don't start there. Don't start there. Yeah. If you believe in hell, and and I've kind of arrived at like finding that to be irreconcilable with the way of Jesus. Like what you just said, like I still have this image a little bit of God like wanting to send you there. Right. Like, okay, but the Sermon on the Mount says love your enemies. Mm -hmm. So God doesn't do that? Right. Bless those who persecute you. So God doesn't do that? Forgive over yeah, and over again so yeah. God doesn't do that? I know. Don't judge other people. That's Matthew 7, it's, you know, nearing the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Don't judge, but God does. Like God does judge for these things and, you know, pe penalizes people yeah. and punishes them for... Yeah, yeah. 
it's it's deeply problematic. Yeah. And I want to end on one that's even more problematic that I'm, I Why can't wait for. Why would we be better than God in those things? Yeah. yeah. I can't wait to hear your reaction to this. And you right. didn't read this before. You didn't know that this was coming. So, um, I didn't. All right, there's no better place to read, to, to sort of finish this than Paul's famous, oh. although not as famous as I would like, uh, words in Romans 8. Before. Romans 8.31. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, then who could be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies who then is the one who condemns? Easy there, truck driver, buddy. Hmm. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God that is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. All right? And then Mm -hmm. I want us to pay really, really close attention, and this is the part that I want to hear your thoughts on, to what Paul says at the end of Romans 8. Um, He says, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Mm. Paul says, can death separate someone from the love of God? Uh, no. No. Because Jesus is the justifier. Can, so he gets to do whatever he wants to He do. gets to do what he wants to do. And guess what? He wants to he bless wants. those who persecute him. He wants, he wants to, to save forgive everyone. those who don't know yeah. what they're doing. He wants hmm. to love his enemies. Hmm. He wants to surprise everybody with how big his justice actually is. How big his mercy actually is. So when we start to think of hell as God's way of balancing the scales for the sins we've committed, we need to be really honest about the ways that we are discounting what Jesus did on the cross. That this whole construction that says, well, you better teach people about hell because you better be right. I would just say, uh, by your own logic, if you're teaching people about hell, you might be teaching them that the way of Jesus isn't right. You might be condemning people to hell yeah. by teaching them to believe that hell is the way people are justified rather than Jesus is the way people are justified. Hmm. That's good, Drew. I feel like when I go back and listen to these, like in the future, because let's be honest, I don't listen to them right now. I just... Let's be honest. I'm just, I just don't. I don't, you don't listen, listen to, to podcasts, podcasts at all. Right. But I feel like in the future... Like future Megan, when she goes back and listens to these, it's going to really be like, like, um, everybody's going to be able to witness me having light bulb moments. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, oh, Megan was just realizing this stuff. In real time. In real time. On a microphone. Yeah. Would you like to say anything to future Megan? Or that. I was just allowing myself to actually believe it now. Yeah. Well, I think that's some of what this conversation has been for you and me. I mean, at least the invitation I was trying to extend to you and really that I'm trying to extend to Risen Church and anybody I know is like, uh, 
you know, believe in hell if you want to. That's totally fine. But I also want to give you permission not to. Mm-hmm. And more importantly than, uh, than that, I want to make sure that your construction of God isn't making your life worse. Yeah. And isn't making you hate God and hate people. Because we do a really good job in the Christian faith of convincing ourselves that we love the sinner and hate the sin. Mm-hmm. Because we have to. Because hell is the great justifier. Right. And we have to do this to save people. And what we're actually doing is being hateful and bigoted yeah. and small. And the more we love our jealous and sad and angry God, the more jealous and angry and sad we become. Right. That is the most important thing to me. I don't know what happens to you after you die. That's... Nope. That's between you and God. And I'm not going to say that's between it. you I and the cosmos. I hope I'll never get to the point where I will look somebody in the eye and say, "This is what happens." Yeah. After you die. But I do think it's an it's incredibly important work to do the, the setting people free work and the good theology work of saying, "Hey, if you if your construction of hell makes God not like Jesus." Well, then, A, you need to stop calling yourself a Christian, and that's perfectly fine with me. Or, B, you need to fix your construction of God. Because Jesus would say, "Mm, not loving your enemies, that's irreconcilable with who I am. And if you don't think so, I mean, watch Jesus at the end. Watch the passion of Jesus actually played out. He, He actually does everything he ever said he would do. Why do you think he's different now? Why would these same people who say God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, Jesus shows up on the scene and says, yeah, God was always like me, and God looks like this. And God, when he's struck by Roman centurions, takes the blow and says, Father, forgive them. Yeah. What, where, do, where do we get off saying God changed after that? you have anything you want to say to future Megan, who's listening right now? Ooh. Um, <laughs> it's a little time capsule. No, I know. A little time capsule. It's a lot of pressure. No, nope, I don't know. Just don't forget. <laughs> you know what I bet future Megan would say to you if she could talk to you? What? She'd say, you good, girl. Yeah. Well, I yeah. I mean, I really... It, is a joke, but I do that a lot though. Like I forget, I revert back very easily. I'm persuaded very easily in general. Like, yeah, not just this, but just anything. I would disagree with you on that in in terms of this. What do you mean? Uh, that you're persuaded. Like this is, you are not anybody who, I, I would like to at least correct a little bit of what you just said that you're like in real time, changing your mind about these things these conversations have been going on for oh yeah yeah years. yeah. i know i'm not <laughs> i i say i'm persuaded easily but like i am but like i will easily go back to what i believed for all of those years yeah yeah um even despite despite knowing knowing the, the truth yeah and, and the truth, again, the truth is not like we're, we're not suggesting that the truth is nothing like that happens to anybody after that. Right, the right, truth right. is, though, the truth is the truth that is, is irreconcilable with Jesus. Right. You cannot call the construction that we had of God, Jesus and God, one and the same. 
You yeah. can't do that. If you've seen right. me, you've seen the Father. If you've seen the Father, you've seen me. You cannot reconcile that. Right. That's what I mean. But yeah. With, Jesus cannot spend his whole life teaching um, what he taught, living what he lived, sending out his apostles to, do, to live the lives they, to lay down their lives for this gospel, die his own death willingly, be resurrected, continue teaching. You cannot reconcile that with then saying, and then his next job is basically to run a torture camp for most of eternity, yeah. for most people, or for all of eternity for most people. Like right. you, you can't reconcile that. You need a better response for that. Hmm. If you're going to keep believing in that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cruel and unusual justice. That's my idea for a title. Mm. You think that's good? Yeah. All right. That'll be it. Sounds good. Either that or, um, what was the, the, um, oh, where's the first page? The truck. What was on the front of the truck? Uh, if you disagree with me, well, you can go to hell. <laughs> no, not that. Jesus is the way to heaven. All other roads lead to hell. That's a title? I mean, it's catchy. It is catchy, but it's also it not, might be not it's also the saying opposite exactly of what, what we want to, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe um, a little too, uh. Yeah. Uh. Sarcastic. Yeah, sarcastic. Thank you. Yep. Um. All right. Thanks for listening. Uh, it, we would love it if you'd subscribe. That's super helpful to us um, and, and helpful to you if you think that these conversations are necessary and, and helping you out and helping you process and navigate. Even if you're just sitting there disagreeing with us the whole time, I, I applaud you for that. Genuinely. Mm-hmm. I think that's actually a very valuable thing for any of us to do, to hear a voice that you disagree with saying from the other side, uh, because it's been said, you've heard plenty of people say you can't be a Christian and not believe in hell. I think it's really important to hear somebody say, uh, you can't really be a Christian and believe in that version of hell. Right. Um, so I applaud you for listening. Share this with somebody. Start a conversation. Yeah. Don't let us have the last word on it. Let us start the conversation. 